As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hi, this is Joe Allen from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and you're listening to the Case Watch Podcast. That's right, guys. You are listening to the Case Watch Podcast. We asked, you listened, and it's so amazing. That was awesome. Thank you, Joe Allen. Crime creep legend status right there, baby. She was the first one to, to do what we asked. You guys want to hear you on the podcast? If you're jonesing to hear yourself on the Case Watch Podcast. All you got to do is leave us a voicemail, 603-212-4600. You do what Joe Ellen did. Actually, do the right thing. That's it. That's all we got to say. <laughs> Just do the right thing. Do the right thing. <laughs> that was a good movie. Oh, oh, guys. Also, do you know what else you do awesome is you go on to our Apple podcast page and you leave us five-star reviews like yep. better than any other podcast does. Because that really helps us. That's the biggest thing. What are we going to have them say this week? Hmm. Team Mark this week. Team Charity. I don't care what you say. Leave us a five-star review. We love you guys. You guys are the absolute best. You're the only reason why we care to do this podcast each and every week. We have the best community. Also, a little bit of housekeeping. If you guys are listening to us on iHeartRadio, And if you see us disappear from your feed or whatnot, we're not leaving. If you could just go and add us on another podcast player as well, just as a backup in case they pull us, which may end up happening without getting into what's going on. Doesn't matter. We didn't do anything wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. (laughs) We just care about our crime creeps and we don't sell out. Exactly. That's what we'll leave it at. Yep. But at the end of the day... In case you're not seeing us on a weekly basis, we record and put out a podcast twice a week. Just find us on a different podcast platform if 
a problem arises. Correct. How politically correct did I say that? Mark, you did amazing. So proud of myself. I'm so proud of you. I'm going to get a dessert for dinner. Are you really? What I'm you probably going to. I don't know. I'm just going to have ice cream oh, and be good. Yeah. You deserve it. <sighs> it was a hard work. Yeah. Being the bigger person. I know. Is very, very yeah. hard. You stepped way outside your comfort zone there. <laughs> Usually like used to scorch earth. <laughs> yeah, right. That's awesome. Oh, guys, we did the live recording for the Monday episode and it went great. I thought it went really well. Loved it. Little couple bugs there we got to work out, but I, I would love to do it again. It was fun. Or just do, just like I said, just another live, just to chat with you guys. Do you know how many people probably don't know what we're talking about? Because we have thousands of people who follow us on Facebook, mm -hmm. but not many who have joined the Case Watch Crime Creep Facebook group. It's very exclusive. Charity's not even in it. I'm not. <laughs> it's because Charity doesn't have Facebook because she's weird. It doesn't cost you guys anything. All you have to do is go to Facebook and search Case Watch Crime Creeps. You'll see the Case Watch color logo with the handprint. Ask to join the group, and I'll let you in. That's simple as that. Lots of cool goings on in there. I am excited to see where today's episode was going to take us. But first, Charity, what do we have for today? I am going to present some more weird history. I actually like these. I do too. I find them very fun. Well, they're fun, they're funny, and we learn something. I love it. So it's kind of like listening to us. We're fun, yeah. we're funny, and you sometimes learn something. Well, right. I mean, it's maybe stuff you didn't need to hear or learn, but whatever. It's People fine. who watch this on the live stream realize that I like to uh, eat Twizzlers while I record. Yes. <laughs> and then he wrap is. them around my finger, not paying attention that I'm doing it. He does. It's weird, but yeah. it's cool. It's weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. Let's get back up to the task at hand. Give me some weird history, Jerry. Okay. September 22nd, 1975, a United States veteran saved President Gerald Ford's life. Oliver Sippel was in the middle of his morning walk when he witnessed Sarah Jane Moore point a gun at the president. Oliver quickly jumped into action and was able to save the president's life. After this act of courage, however, the media would investigate into Oliver's life and out him as a gay man. Oliver is quoted saying, The outing of this personal information caused him great mental anguish, embarrassment, and humiliation. Ford hardly recognized the fact that he saved his life. Oliver's family would walk away from him due to the information, and society would only talk about him being gay instead of his heroic act. Oliver ended up dying alone at the age of 47 in 1989. This poor man. Can I go on record right now and say that I am so happy how far we have come as a society? Too. You know what, though? Let's this do guy this. is a freaking legend. I was just going to say, let's do this right now. Oliver Sippel, I know you're not with us anymore. You are an American hero, and you should go down in history as being that. And that's the only thing you should go down in history as being. Yeah. Not only did he serve our country, he saved a president's life. You, sir, are a hero, a and hero. I am so ashamed how this country used to act. So Oliver Sippel, everyone, remember that name. He's a hero. This week on our five-star reviews, I want Oliver Sippel is a hero. Oh, I love that. That's great. That's it. Because awesome. this guy is. Thank you guys for doing that. Yes, thank you. January 1919, a very large molasses tank 
burst open in the north end of Boston. Have you heard about this? No, but wow. Oh my God. Listen, it's bad. Two and a half million gallons of molasses blew through the streets at a speed of almost 35 miles per hour. Oh my God. No, it's bad. It was described being like a tidal wave. Some molasses waves as high as 15 feet. Can you I, picture I, it? I, I'm trying to in my head. I tried to picture it in my head, like seeing like a wave, but it's the, it's molasses. Why? This is this goes to show how much of a kid I am at heart. Why am I picturing Boston as the Keebler Elves tree and like there was a molasses accident in yeah. the Keebler Elves factory and they're being chased by a giant wall of molasses? It, honestly, it was like that. That's what's in my head as well, I'm picturing listen, this. There were 150 people injured and 20 people lost their lives. That is wow. Isn't that awful? Are you serious? This is no joke. This is actual history. Buildings and houses were knocked off their foundations. And because molasses is so sticky, emergency vehicles had trouble getting down the sticky streets to help the injured. Right? Holy crap. I got to look this up. Yeah. It would take Bostonians weeks to clean up all the molasses and recover from the disaster. And for years and years later, Boston residents would say in the heat of summer, they could still smell molasses. Oh my God, Charity, that is absolutely unbelievable. I, I've never heard of this. I didn't either. And it's right here in Massachusetts. Boston, like, is what, 15 minutes down the yeah. road from here? Well, unless there's traffic. Yeah, unless there's traffic and then it takes two freaking hours to or, get there. Or two and a half or three. Oh. <laughs> there's a game at oh the garden. Oh my God, it drives me nuts. At the where? The garden. The garden. I did that for you, Mark. Go pack your car down and have yeah. Oh, I have some another um, awesome thing about ancient Greece. I love ancient Greece stories. I do too. Okay. In ancient Greece, if you were to be seen in pants, you would be made fun of and called names. Only someone with feminine tendencies were said to wear pants. <laughs> Wearing skirts was manly. I think, Mark, probably because men could show off their super sexy muscular legs. <laughs> That's awesome. The other thing. Awesome. I love ancient Greece. I want to do a whole episode on ancient Greece. We should, because I grew up in the wrong time period, because back then they loved fat guys. (laughs) Like, I would have been a king. Eating his Twizzlers. I am eating my Twizzlers. Wearing his skirt. And my case watch hoodie. And his case watch hoodie. I just got a visual. I'm looking at him right now, and he's got the hoodie on, and I just got a sick visual of the hoodie with a skirt. You're welcome, Charity. That's the thing that fantasies are made of. I was just going to say, Mark, you looked really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent. I mean, it'd be nice if you shaved your legs, but other than that. Yeah. Semantics. Too much much work. Yep. In 1386, it was said that a pig attacked a child's face. Unfortunately, the child would die from their wounds. The pig that attacked the child, Mark, was arrested right away and put in prison until its trial. Yeah, that's right. You heard me. They arrested serious Clark. Serious Clark. (laughs) They arrested the pig. They put cuffs. Just kidding. I don't know. It's like a bad episode of Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) They literally arrested the pig. Wait a minute. What's that movie with the little pig? The other one. Was it Matilda had the little pig? Matilda had a pig, and then I'm thinking about Toy Story. They're taking the little pig away. Yes. 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 The pig would have its trial and would be found guilty of murder. His punishment, you ask? Bacon? No, he'd be, he was hung to death. They hung the piggy. Are you sure that this isn't just a weird slaughterhouse trying to make a statement? I'm telling you right now that 
This is said to be true. Super sad for the family, and that is horrible. But that's weird. Well, I mean, in 1386, I guess you arrested animals. If the they committed, he committed the, the ultimate crime of murder, Mark. The more you know, guys. Do, 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 do. Note to self, add the more you should know to the button bar right it, next to this one, guys. Can you guys please send us some cases for Case Watch just so Mark can keep pressing that button? I do it with authority, Charity. He, he does. His, his pointer finger stays pointy sometimes for a Still few is. minutes. Yeah. I'm excited. Told, so you don't think I notice things, but I do. The pointer finger. The point has arrived. <laughs> do you ever wonder where the saying fly off the handle came from? Actually, I kind of do now that you said it. Yeah. It actually originated in the 1800s. It was a literal saying referring to cheap axe heads that would actually <laughs> fly off the axe handle while taking a swing. That could be dangerous. Yeah. Think Clark. Yeah. You could ax people by accident. Your Honor, I was not trying to kill him. It just flew off the handle. Just flew off the handle. This one, Mark, makes me a little bit angry. Do you know why? Ah, uh, you're gonna tell me. It involves cute little foxes in Europe. Why does that make you angry? It's cute little oh, foxes. Oh, because just wait. In Europe, in the 17th and 18th centuries, a game would be played. This game was called. Are you ready for it? In quotations, fox tossing. I don't like that. I'm thinking about Sophie tossing now. See? One or two people would play this game. They would throw the fox as far or as high as they could to win the game. Poor little guys. The people should have instead thrown each other, if you ask me. What if these idiots are the same ones who invented lawn darts? Oh, I don't know. We used to play those as a kid. I'm surprised that I'm still alive. Me too. Why did our parents let us play with those? Here, son. Go take that out in the backyard. You know, the pointy thing. Make sure you're... Make, make sure you throw it up really high. Make sure you bring your little brother out there with you. Yep. And have them stand on the opposite side, you know, just to see if it might hit them and stab them. I don't even know what the point of the game was. We used to uh, throw them up as high as you could straight up in the air. Oh, exactly. I don't know. We also played BB gun wars, so we weren't the smartest that's, group of individuals. <laughs> yeah, that's that's not good. So I have one last one. And this one is about two British drinking buddies. This is going to end well. So the buddies ended up each on opposing sides of World War One. Oh, that ain't good. Yeah. Commander Edmund Rhodes and Captain Burnt decided to make a deal. Rhodes would send a friendly little gunfire at Burnt's ship. Burnt's would surrender and the buddies could continue drinking and get right back to enjoying their bromance. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't that awesome? That's crazy. <laughs> they were like, yeah, whatever. We, 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 we need to get back to our drinking. If only all life was that simple. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, Charity. Is that all you got on that one? That is. Excellent. I love the weird history. If you guys got a history story that you think we need to tell, info at casewatchpodcast.com. Any any weird history, any triple Ds, any, what's our new, what's our? Weird? The uh, as of now still unnamed criminal excuse game. That one's really good. I can't wait to hear another place steal that one next. Yeah. Any hey trivia? guys, we got this new podcast we're doing <laughs> called, they, they did a crime and we're going to make up a stupid excuse. It's going to be a hit. I tell you, it's a hit. <laughs> Mark's a little fired up, guys. Still mad. There may or may not be uh, another podcast out there that just arrived that is exactly like Triple D. No, it's like completely Triple D. <laughs> and Mark's pissed. Included with the, the male and female that completely act just like us. Yeah. No, on, no one can act just like us. On, on the provider that was our biggest platform who also wanted us to be exclusive. Yes. And now is not. Yes. And now has their own podcast that's identically ours. Correct. Do you want me to continue or just no. want to move on today's case? No. Let's just move on. <laughs> that's enough information to give. TMI, we TMI. Have our, we have our crime creeps and that's all we need. I don't care how or what else happens in the world as long as we have our crime creeps. We have our we have the best community of crime creeps. Charity, my voice of reason, you could not have said it any better. In our crime creeps, we trust. Absolutely. And in our crime creeps, we now finish today's episode of Rosemary West. Charity, carry on. See, I should have, we, we could have called it Rosemary and Fred West, but I kind of wanted to introduce Fred into the equation and not right away just say it's a guy and a girl. You completely avalanched him on me last episode. That's what I wanted to do, though. You love to do that. I do. It was so good. I can't wait to see what happens. Okay. Rose and Fred committed most of their murders between 1970 and straight through the late 1980s. Oh, so they went on for a while. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The couple's go-to was to pick up girls at different bus stops all around Gloucester, take them back to their home, keeping them against their will, doing unspeakable things to them over the course of a few days, and then, you know, kill them. Nice, huh? Yeah, scumbags. So this is going to make you a little bit mad. They were both arrested in January of 1973 and convicted of sexual assault of a girl named Caroline Roberts. The girl was able to flee the crazy couple's home and go right to the police. Unfortunately, they wouldn't be stopped because they were only fined for this assault. What? Yeah, they were only fined for the assault. I'm sorry, but... Ugh. Like sexual assault. Yeah. Try to commit murder. How do we let... I, I I get so angry. How do we get to a point where this is just like... 
I don't know, but this is so 1970s. I don't even know how to say what I'm trying to say. I'm so worked up. It's so aggravating. 1973, right? And they kept killing till 19, well into the late 1980s. So if this had been stopped then in 1973, it would have been so much better. I'm going to have to take your word on that because I'm not sure where this case leads, but this is on you guys. You could have stopped all this crime way previous. It's horrible, horrible, horrible. Over the years of these horrible acts against women, Rose would enjoy working as a prostitute. Of course, while Fred watched. Uh, like, how messed up? It's different. I, I don't understand. At that time, they were living on 25 Cromwell Street. This house has now since been knocked down. Good. She seemed to always be pregnant and would end up giving birth to eight children. Okay, and she worked as a prostitute, so... Well, only five of them belonged to Fred. Okay. Question asked and answered. The other three children were likely fathered by clients of hers. Yeah, when children are fathered <laughs> by clients, it's probably not good for a relationship. We, guys, we, we just had to edit the first time I said it, because I added the R where I shouldn't, and I just did it again, and Mark's just leaving. We're just story. rolling. It's fine. <laughs> The most frequent visitor to the home was Rose's father. Uh, Gross. Yeah. He would visit extra frequent after Rose gave birth to her fourth child. Oh, no. We can only assume why he wanted to visit so often. Even grosser, I wonder if he could have been one of the baby daddies. Oh, my God. Now I wonder. It's very possible. Gross. Absolutely gross. Like, gross, gross. Reports also state that he would also rape his step granddaughter Anne Marie during these visits. This guy is a total freaking scumbag. So listen listen to so poor Fred's children from the previous marriage, right? Ugh. One of them is dead because Rose didn't like her, and then the other one, poor Anne Marie, is left to get raped by her stepmother's father. This is disgusting. I just I don't know. I I hadn't heard of these two either. This was the first I had heard of them. I haven't either. I wish I almost didn't hear that. I know, but let's talk more about the murders. We already know Rose murdered Fred's daughter, Charmaine, and his ex-wife. Linda Goo, I know I'm saying all these names wrong, guys, so I'm, I apologize, lived in Gloucester with her family and was reported missing in April of 1973. She worked as a seamstress and had become friendly with the Wests when they were living on Cromwell Street, quote unquote, the House of Horrors. It's been said that she had sex with some of them. So I don't really know what that means. She yeah. went there. She had sex with someone, some of them. Maybe it was an orgy. I don't know what went on in this freaking house. I mean, if, I don't know if I want to know. If she's there having sex as a prostitute, I can only imagine what's coming to the house. And what's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I do. I, I don't know. Linda's remains were found in a pit that used to be a garage at the home. She was only 19 at the time of her disappearance. Family members have said she was a naive girl. That's sad. So sad. Next, we have Carol Ann Cooper. All of her friends and family called her Kaz. Oh, she a little nickname. I think it's almost, not to like sidetrack this, it's almost one of the sadder things when you watch any of these cases. And I'm just going to make up something. Be like, you know, Missy Joe 
was great. We knew her as Blueberry. Yes. Like when you hear that, when that stuff happens on any of these true crime shows that I watch, it like breaks my heart because it, it, it makes it so personal. Right, exactly. Once right, it makes it like, oh, they were loved by their loved ones so much they had a cute little pet name for them. All of us who are parents have these names for our kids. Like I had these names for my my daughters and it's just like Yep. Ugh, breaks my heart because it makes too. it real. So she had been staying at the Pine Children's home in November of nineteen seventy three, she was given permission to spend the weekend with her grandmother. So I don't know why it didn't say why she was wasn't with her parents. But she was at a, a child children's home. After a night out on November 10th, she was headed back to her grandmother's by bus and was never seen or heard from again. Ugh. Investigators think the West likely offered her a ride when they saw her at the bus stop, as they did often with these young girls. Her remains were found buried in the cellar of 25 Cromwell Street. It's like a house of horror. Yeah, that's what they call it. Ugh. 21-year-old Lucy Partington was described as a well-liked, clever woman. She attended Exeter University. She headed home for Christmas on December 20th, 1973. I mean, that's sad, right? What college kid doesn't want to go home for Christmas? She was just going home to see her family and friends. Yeah, this is horrible. She would vanish two days after leaving a friend's house. The police believe she was picked up at the bus stop where she awaited for a bus to take her home. When her mother reported her missing, an enormous search would begin. Lucy's case was actually the one that seemed to grab the most attention from the public. So she came from a really good home and her family knew something was wrong immediately, reported her, and there was outrage in their community. Sadly, there wasn't as much outrage in some of the other ones, but her remains were found buried under the cellar as well, still in the House of Horrors. I just, to bury, like... What they must have done, it's in the cellar, right? So you, yeah. you probably have, well, not always, I guess. Well, back then, I, I highly doubt they had cement floors and stuff That's like we true. do but nowadays. still, who's, do, who's doing the digging? So, I, oh my God, I can't. It makes it worse if they were making them do the digging. Oh, I hope not. These poor girls probably just thought this nice couple was willing to give them a ride instead of having them take the bus. They probably just thought, oh, these are nice, this nice couple, I don't have to wait by the bus and ride with all these people. They're going to, you know, they, they so sad. probably gave them a story like, oh, we're headed that way. We don't mind. Hop in, you know. And there was a lot of hitchhiking back in that time. Hitchhiking was yeah. really big even when I was younger. Yeah. Unbelievable that nowadays, like the stuff when you look back and go like, wow, I can't even believe we did any of that stuff. Yep. Therese Singlethaler came to England in the early 1970s. She was from Sweden originally. The 21-year-old attended a London college. She was hoping for a degree in secretarial studies. Easter of 1974, Therese was headed to Ireland to visit a friend. The friend she was visiting was actually a priest. So she was going to visit her friend who was a priest. Not Let's that keep that in mind. It just kind of shows. It's probably the exact opposite of an outcome, and that's what makes it just, said, too. It, it does, but it just shows like... What kind of people she Wholesome. hangs out with. Wholesome yes. people. That's what I'm saying. Let's keep that in mind. And yeah. The, the, she went to see someone of God and saw the devil. Yep. So sadly, her method of transportation was unfortunately hitchhiking. She would never make it to see her friend. Instead, she would go missing. So she actually, I read a little more about her. She actually would almost, you know, be proud of the fact that she hitchhiked everywhere. It was kind of her thing. 
Yeah, I can see say, that. A lot of people were like that. She back would say, then. I, you know, I'm super careful. I make sure I, you know, I don't go with anyone weird or strange or. Guys, if you're like that, just remember, you're always super careful until yep. the one time you're not. Yep. That's all it takes. Yep. Her remains were found under the cellar floor as well. This is truly a house of horrors. Yeah. Truly. The youngest of the West victims was a 15-year-old girl named Shirley Hubbard. Oh, sure. I wonder if her friends called her Cheryl. Mm. I would have called her Lee. Oh, that's cute too. But 15, she's just a yeah. little girl. She was going to Droitwich High School and was working at Debenhams in Worcester. Let's take a second and just soak in the fact that Charity said that one 100% correctly. Thanks, Mark. I like that Mark is actually giving me some accolades. Hey, I'm going to do, ready? Remember this when you were in school? I'm going to give her a round of applause. For reference, I'm just clapping around the microphone, guys. Yeah. That's what she gets. Good yeah. job, Charity. Thanks, Mark. Shirley headed home from work on November 14th, 1974, and was never seen again. The poor girl's remains were also eventually found under the same cellar floor. How scared must these girls have been? Oh, my God. Like, imagine just living in this neighborhood and not knowing what's going on right next door in their own kids yeah we'll talk about them later but it's it's disgusting Juanita Mott was an 18 year old girl described as difficult rebellious and strong-willed April of 1975 Juanita, or betterly known as a girl uh crime creeps you better come for him oh no and I'm proud of it because I taught my daughter to be that way too you don't take squat oh, okay. from nobody you meant it in a positive way absolutely that's fine. okay that's good that's good that, I raise my kids that way you don't take nothing from nobody nope all right, that's good. We ex don't come for him, guys. Don't come no, for I'm him. No, I'm on your team. He's on our I'm, team. I'm a girl dad, so like. Exactly. All right. I apologize, Mark. I jumped the handle all that there. Didn't mean to tell them to come for you. Charity was acting like a girl, like I just said. Yeah. And I'm proud of her. Because I don't take no shit. That's right. <laughs> April of 1975, Juanita left her home to travel to Gloucester for a friend's wedding. She never arrived at the wedding and vanished into thin air. Juanita's remains were found buried at the horror house as well. We're going to keep going. Shirley Ann Robinson was a young woman that lived with Rose and Fred for a while. While living in the couple's home, Shirley and Fred would have sex and begin a kind of relationship. Shirley even got pregnant by Fred. Rose did not like that at all, and it's rumored that she told Fred that Shirley had to go. The woman was last seen when she was about eight months pregnant. Her body and her unborn baby's body were found buried in the oh. garden at the horror home. Ew. Come on. This is crazy. Uh, I'm like trying to do the math in my head here and I, it all hurts. All these all of these bodies buried. Like that is so sad. That has to be sacred ground at this point now. It really does. Oh my god. 16-year-old Allison Chambers was known to friends and family as Al or Allie. See, this is what we're talking I know. about. And she was also described as a rebellious teenager. At the time, she lived in a home for children in Gloucester. She was known to hang out at the West's home on Cromwell Street. Right before her 17th birthday in August 1979, she went missing. Just like Shirley, her remains were found buried in the garden at the home. This is horrendous. How have I not heard of these two scumbags? I don't know. It's horrible. Born in Gloucester on October 17th, 1970, Heather West was the first child lucky enough to be born into the psycho parents of Rose and Fred. Yay. Yay. Lucky her. 
It's been said that Heather was a difficult, rebellious child who didn't want to listen to her father. Who knows if any of this is true, though? She and her sister were very protective of each other and would always try to ward off their father's cruel advances. Oh, God. The fact that's even a thing. Somebody, oh, I'm so mad. This guy's a scumbag. Some information I read said that Heather had threatened to call the police on her parents. I wish she had, but I assume she was scared. Who knows what these kids witnessed? I mean, I can't even imagine. It's sickening. I can't even imagine. No. June of 1987, Rose would abuse their 16-year-old daughter while Fred raped her and would ultimately kill her. Oh, my God. When concerned friends would ask where Heather was, the couple would tell them that she, you know, just went away to work. She found a job. All right. Can we make a new case watch thing here? Sure. With all the stuff that's gone on in these past cases and the newer stuff of these people supposedly going to live with other people. If you know somebody who has a kid and all of a sudden they don't have this kid and they give you a stupid excuse, let's just assume that they're possibly a scumbag and maybe get some sort of authority figure involved. Can we just do that, people? It would be nice. This is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. The authorities believe that Heather was the last victim of this evil couple. We now are going to fast forward, Mark, a few years to 1992. Finally, Fred West was arrested after being accused of raping his 13-year-old daughter three times. This douchebag videotaped the rapes. He videotaped himself having sex with his daughter. Ugh, this guy is a sicko. The young girl, though, she was very brave, went to school and told some friends. Good. Crying for help. You know what I mean? The friends or one of the friends told their parents on August 1st. Rosemary was also arrested at this time for child cruelty. Sadly, by the time their case was to go to trial in 1993, their daughter decided she didn't want to testify against her parents. Ugh. She was probably scared out of her mind. Yeah, that's nothing anybody that age or actually let's take age out of it. There's nobody who should ever have to be put into that situation. No, if you're in that house watching them do these unspeakable things and these unspeakable things are being done to you over and over. I'm assuming they saw these people come into the house and then disappear. How scared these kids probably were. They had to have seen something or heard something that was happening in this house and they were probably scared crapless of their family. I can't even imagine. I really can't. And to think, you know, these are my parents. Like, this is this is where I live. These yeah. are my parents. I mean, Unbelievable. Once, you, once you're school age and you go to school and you talk to friends and you go over friends' houses, you see how things are supposed to be. And to I just can't imagine what these poor things were going through. I feel so bad. Thank goodness all of Rose and Fred's children were taken out of the home and put into foster care after that happened, at least. Hallelujah. Thank God. Noticing that Heather West had not been seen by anyone since 1987... Just remember, guys, we're now in 1993. Unbelievable that nobody could have spoken up before this. Authorities were able to open a detailed investigation. Thank goodness this is this is happening because, oh my God. February of 1994, investigators were able to obtain a search warrant to search the West's home inside and out. This was after statements from social workers were taken saying the West children, quote unquote, joked about Heather being buried under the patio. Oh, my God. So the social workers say the kids joked about it. That was in their freaking notes. They joked about Heather being buried under the patio. Okay. So now 
with knowing the trauma that these kids have faced in their life, that's probably the only way they knew to react to it because they probably were conditioned to never say that. So maybe this is their way of getting the information out. <sighs> I try to look at the bright side. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. The horrors these poor children must have seen. I just, they, and trying to tell somebody, they tried to tell them. I don't know. I don't know how you can say that's a joke. I'd look into that. I wouldn't say that was a joke. If a child, anything a child says sometimes has a little bit of truth to it. In my oh, yeah. opinion. In my opinion. On February 24th, they would start to dig up the garden. Fred was arrested the very next day after human remains began to be found. He was quick to confess to his daughter's murder, then took his confession back. And would eventually confess again, but say Rose had nothing to do with the murder of their daughter, of course. Huh. I mean, God forbid he throw her under the bus, right? You know, Charity, it's sad enough that there's one cycle like this on the earth, but the fact that one cycle found the other and they united into their psychoness. Yeah. This is absolutely disgusting. It is. Yeah, that's a, that's a mild word for it. As we know, many more bones would be found, and on March 4th, 1994, Fred would admit to killing nine other girls slash women. Unbelievable. There would be no justice for the victims when it came to Fred. He was found hanging in his prison cell on January 1st, 1995, less than a year after he was arrested. Freaking what a coward. scumbag. Coward. Face, you're a big enough Billy bad oh. that you <laughs> can take everybody's life. But when it comes to the fact that you have to face the justice for it, you take the way out of it and decide that you're going to hang yourself. F you. Do you know what he is? Get your finger ready. It's ready. Okay. Oh, I agree. Unbelievable. It makes me so sick. Yeah, me too. It's disgusting. Poor Rose was left to stand trial by herself. I don't feel bad for her at all. Not one bit. Nope. She was charged with committing 10 out of the 12 murders. Her trial began October 3rd, 1995 at Winchester Crown Court. She was advised by counsel to not take the stand, but she did anyways. This did not help her in any way. It actually made things worse because she became angry upon examination. So when the prosecution tried to ask her questions or whatever, she would just get mad and angry and get nasty. That's something you usually want to try to do. Exactly. Not a good look at all. No. Prosecution was armed with many witnesses that gave damning testimonies. This, along with all the evidence, led the jury to find Rose guilty of all 10 murders. You, Miss Rose, are a douchebag, and it's now certified by the court. Yeah, definitely. November 22nd, 1995, the judge, Justice Mantell, would sentence her to life in prison. He said this, If attention is paid to what I think, you will never be released. On July 1997, Home Secretary Jack Straw would make sure that Rose would live the rest of her life in jail. Before this decision, she could have been eligible for parole after 25 years. So before he said, uh-uh, you're not coming out of jail, she could literally could have gotten out after 25 years. After killing- That would be such a tragedy. It would horrible. Thank goodness, because there is no way this woman deserves to see the light of day ever again. No, I agree. In 2001, Rose would let everyone know that she had no plans to appeal this decision, but also made it known she was still definitely an innocent woman. She never took responsibility, Mark. Never. I hate this lady. Yep. Be a semi-human and take responsibility for what you freaking did. 
Yeah, I agree. Like I, I, I'm loosely calling her a human being because I don't see how any human being could do those things. I don't think she's a human. I think she's a scumbag. That's this many words. A dipo waddle twatoponymous. Oh, I love it. Right there on the spot, guys. They just rolled off the tongue. Mark, you are amazing at that. I could not say it again. I don't even remember what I said. <laughs> you have to rewind it. Listen, Rose would announce she was engaged in 2003 to Dave Glover. Oh, a, come on. A bassist in the group Slade. I guess this was like a punk rock group. I've never heard of them. Me neither. The engagement was called off not too long after the announcement and Glover was kicked out of the band. Guess it was frowned upon by the other band members to get engaged to a serial killer slash rapist. Maybe they thought it wouldn't be a good look for the band. Like, uh, you're too hardcore yeah. for our punk band. <laughs> right? Seriously. A, another scumbag. Another scumbag. In 1996, the Cromwell Street House of Horrors was taken down and made into a public walkway. I'm glad they did this, as I'm sure the West children have so many horrible memories associated with this house. You can never really build something no. there again. Like, how could you? Not that's like something uh, that horrific. It's like, happened, ho- yeah. you know, hollowed ground at that point. Right. Did I say that right? I think so. I don't, I don't know. know. You get my gist, Wait, though. you're asking me? I know. Come on. That's bad. Everywhere I checked said that Rose was still in jail and very immersed in her community. It's been said that she has even provided hairstyling to her fellow inmates and has been involved in bake-offs, etc. How lovely. Yeah, she's a uh, real first-class yeah. loser citizen. Oh, I, this lady, I can't stand oh, her. Just wait. To, just wait. In fact, she was one of the first inmates to receive the COVID vaccine. Apparently, she was considered high-risk, Mark, due to the becoming morbidly obese. Guess she eats well in the clink also. Right. <laughs> I wanted to use the word clink so bad. <laughs> the excitement that came over your face by using I clink. I love the word clink and I don't know why. I, just, I had to put it in. I love it. <laughs> oh, Let's make sure we keep the psychopath nice and healthy and give her the best care. Just like she cared for her kids or the women slash girls she murdered. Let's hear a little bit about what happened to Fred and Rose's remaining children. Okay. May West. So May has a family of her own and has written a book called Love As Always. In this book, she talks about memories of her parents. In 2018, she was on Good Morning Britain. She admitted that she thinks her father killed many more people than the ones that were found buried in the house. So she I can thinks, believe that. She thinks that he went on a rampage and just only the ones that were killed at the house were buried there. I actually could believe that. I could too. Now we have Stephen West. In 2002, Stephen tried to commit suicide, but lived. Then in 2004, he went to jail for having sex and impregnating a 14-year-old girl. He was in his early 30s at the time. Another douchewad. Like the other children, Stephen was horribly abused by his parents and realized later in his life he was the one that dug Heather's grave. Still does not give you an excuse. Fred told him he was making a pond in the garden. Ugh. That's got to screw this shit. The fo- so reading up on it, it said it was a consensual relationship. That's what it said. It said the key and the girl were in a relationship, the 14-year-old girl. He How old was ra- he again? 30. How old was she? 14. There's no consensual relationship, I agree. Charity. I agree 100%. I, in his mind, and his, his lawyer spoke for him and said, you know, he used what happened to him in the past to describe why he acted in that way yeah still no excuse i agree but you're not gonna 
convince me otherwise there, buddy boy. Right. Next, we have Anne-Marie. Fred and Rose would raise Anne-Marie after they killed her mother, Fred's ex-wife. So Anne-Marie was Fred's other child, okay. the one they didn't kill. She was raped by her father over, the, over and over, as young as eight years old, and continued well into her teenage years. Oh, I'm nauseous. A little baby, you raping yeah. a baby. This is uh, this family. I can't even get over this. She was the one that gave some of the most damning testimony against her parents during the trial. This is sad. In 1999, she attempted to kill herself, but thank goodness didn't succeed. She wrote a book called Out of the Shadows. Fred West's daughter tells her harrowing story of survival. So it's, it sounds like some of these children found relief or some sort of... I don't even know what it's what I've always said to you, Charity. You either use it as an excuse to fail or you use it as a reason to succeed. Yes. That's what I was trying to say. It's that exactly they, what it is. They took what happened to them and they put it on paper. Yep. Kind of released it. And if it could help somebody else. All of these family members went through the same trauma and you have one that went through a quote unquote consensual relationship with a 14 year old and one yeah. who wrote a book and was successful. Yeah. Yep. You're so, right. You're right. Don't make excuses up or let that tell you. Right. Who you can and cannot be. You're right. You're right. Can you say that again? I like that. Uh, no, I'm not going to say it again. I want to put it on tape and just play it, you know, on loop. Just You're ha- right. You're right. Is that is that my song now? <laughs> I don't know. I like that though. Hey, we can add it to our to our group of songs when we go on tour. There we go. Barry, Tara, Louise, Rosemary Jr., and Luciana were all put into foster care in 1992 after their parents were arrested. Louise was the youngest daughter of Fred and Rose. She was the brave little girl that told her school friend about her abuse. Barry was the youngest biological son of the evil couple. He has said that he watched his mother, oh God, stamp on his sister Heather's oh head my God. five times until she quote unquote didn't move again. This is, that can wow. Be, I just want to cry. Tara was never sexually abused by Fred because he wasn't biologically her father. Her father was one of the sex clients. According to the mirror, Tara had had this to say, I realize now that dad was only interested in his natural daughters. He thought they were his property. Because I wasn't his daughter, he left me alone. Oh my God. Thank oh. God she was left alone, but oh my God, her little her sisters. This is unbelievable. I hate this douchebag. Rosemary Jr., was also a product of Rose's sex work. Hopefully, she was left alone as well. These poor victims all around, the ones killed and the ones abused, left to piece their lives back together and move on. This was a really sad story. They this all was. are. I mean, they all are. I know I say that every time. But when it involves children like this and young women. Especially children of your own family. Your own Unbelievable. Family. Your own family. It, you, you, as parents, you are you are to protect your children, not to harm your children. One hundred percent. That is your main focus in life. Yep. Unbelievable, Charity. Great job digging up this episode and doing the research on this. This is absolutely a case that needed to be told. Definitely. Guys, make sure you follow the show on social media: Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Follow me on Instagram at not Mark B. Follow Charity if you want to, I guess. Charity underscore Case Watch. Team Charity. Team Charity. Ah, I can mute that out. <laughs> Email info at casewatchpodcast.com. Also, visit us on the web, casewatchpodcast.com.
Creek.com. You can get your merch, stickers, join the Crime Creek Club, all that and more. We appreciate you guys. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.